Good morning. Life's a bummer. You will remember that the last two weeks during our study of Psalm 3, we reinforced the sermon truth that God comforts believers during life's tough times. God comforts believers during life's tough times. Furthermore, we learned that there are two conditions to our experiencing this peace that God provides for us. And the first condition was if we correctly evaluate our situation, correctly evaluate what's going on in our lives at the time. And the second condition was if we confidently accept God's solution. He's not placed us in a situation that he has not provided a way out. But what we have to do is to be confident, to confidently accept his solution. We concluded our study by looking at four instructions four ways that we could navigate through life's tough times. Exercise faith. Put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who have faith in the Lord will not be disappointed. Exercise trust. Trust is faith on steroids. It's, it's acting like you believe what you say you have as your faith. Exercise help. Don't be a lone ranger. Call not only on the Lord to help you, but fellow believers as well. Exercise patience. Hang in there. I know it's tough. It wouldn't be called tough times if it were not tough. But hang in there. Be patient. Don't give up. Wait on the Lord, and he will bring you through your tough times. Today we begin part three of Life's a Bummer as we continue to continue our study on how to navigate life's tough times. Sharon, a friend of mine, was hospitalized with severe stomach pain. She was later diagnosed with food poisoning. While in the hospital, she and her doctor had some heated words over a bone marrow test that he wanted her to have and her being discharged. In the passion of the moment, her doctor said, I am not discharging you if you don't have the bone marrow test. And he said, furthermore, I'm tired of this. I resign from being your doctor. Can't you hear my friend sharing saying, life's a bummer. Cooler heads prevailed, ultimately. He became her doctor again, and she had the painful bone marrow 
test, which indicated that she needed a transfusion of two pints of blood. And obviously, she was concerned about receiving tainted blood, especially with the issues at the time that were related to the HIV virus. Can't you hear Sharon saying, life's a bummer. While recuperating at home, she received a call from her mother letting her know that her father was experiencing intense chest pain and was having difficulty swallowing and was being rushed to the hospital. I know you can hear my friend saying, life's a bummer. Life's a bummer. Many times the circumstances of life create discord and confusion and trouble galore in our lives. But, I thought you'd be warmed up already. The elder did an excellent job in making that introduction. So let me try one more time. So, because what we have to understand, when life's a bummer, Quite often, the circumstances of life create discord and confusion and trouble galore in our lives. But, but believers can have God's peace during life's tough times. And that is the sermon truth for us today. Believers can have God's peace during life's Tough times. Let me say it a little differently. When life's a bummer, believers can have God's peace. Not just any old kind of peace, but God's peace. And in Psalm 4, where we will focus our study today, we find several simple steps leading us to God's peace during life's tough times. But before we look at them, let's pray. Father, will you come now? We sit at your feet. We await to hear what you have to say. And Lord, certainly we've already heard how this has been, this past week has been tough for many of us. And so Lord, we need some, we need a word from you. Not from Bill Reed, but from you. And so, Lord, give us attentive ears to hear what you say so that we can leave here better prepared to handle the tough times that we are experiencing. And to that end, we give you praise and thanksgiving in advance because we know as you've heard us now, Lord, you will respond because we pray it in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the people of God said... Amen and amen. The first simple step to experiencing God's peace during life's tough times is to recall. Recall God's past mercies. Verse 1 of chapter 4. Answer me when I call to you. O oh, my righteous God, give me relief from my distress. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer. Here, this is the NIV translation, 
and I admit it is somewhat deficient in how it's translated the original language. The original language here actually says, you gave room to me in my distress. And see, the difference there is it's not a request. From the NIV, it makes it seem as if he is requesting something. But when we look at it through our, our, our Hebrew eyeglasses, we see that it's actually a past tense. He's saying, you gave me in the past. You gave me room. You, you gave me relief in my distress. So it's not a request. It's a statement of a fact. And I like the way the TLB, the uh, Living Bible Translation, it says, you have always cared for me in my distress. You see that past tense? You've always cared for me. And so, let us be clear here that David is not making a request, but he is recalling the past, what God did for him in the past. And this is just another instance of King David, who is the author of this psalm, as he was and still is, of Psalm 3 that we studied the last two weeks. And so it's just another instance of his habit of pleading God's past mercies as a ground for his present mercy. Lord, the, the verse is saying here, Lord, says King David, you relieved my distress in the past. You delivered me from my past tough times. You delivered me from my rebellious son, Absalom, from my, my disloyal counselor, Ahithophel, from my mutinous soldiers, from all of my enemies. Lord, I call, I recall your past mercy. I recall how you gave me relief in the past. Be merciful again now. Saints, will God help you six times when you're in the midst of one of life's tough times and not the seventh time? Will he leave us and forsake us in the seventh tough time? Somebody shake your head, say, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> of course not. God does nothing part way. He will never cease to help us until he has brought us through the tough times. Somebody say amen. amen. That's good news to know. Even as you're going through your tough time right now, he is not going to forsake. He is not going to leave you. He does not do anything part way. He is going to see you through your tough time. We can always avail ourselves to God's mercy. My wife, raise your hand, babe. <laughs> My wife and I were in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And we passed by a, a billboard and this was some years ago, but we passed by a billboard, and, and on that billboard it's, it was written, all-you-can-eat buffet, 
170 items. There ought to be a law against that. A buffet with 170 items on it. Can you imagine that? I commented to my wife that there is one thing that would make an all-you-can-eat buffet with 170 items on it that could make it better. You all want to know what that is? I'm glad you do. (laughs) And that is, after stuffing your face, after after eating all you can eat and you couldn't eat not one more bite, you can then get up, go through the line again, fix your doggy bag that you can take home with you. (laughs) That would make it better. My brothers and sisters, God's mercy is like a meal in an all-you-can-eat buffet restaurant. You can get as much as you want, as often as you want, as long as you want. And when you leave, you can take it with you. You can take a doggy bag of God's mercy with you. God gave us mercy in the past, and he has enough mercy so that we can expect his mercy in our present tough times. I don't know how many of you have available, but if you have a pencil this morning or some device by which you can make some notes, I'm going to encourage you as I'm going to give you now a lesson, and there'll be several lessons throughout this morning that you may want to record for future Reference And the first lesson that I, I want to give is right here. We can expect God's mercy in our present tough times. He has a mercy for, has enough mercy that he gave us in the past, and he has enough for the future, and he has enough for the present. And so the lesson for us then is we can expect God's mercy in our present tough times. During life's tough times, we can avail ourselves to God's mercy no matter what the situation. David, in our text, is appealing to a righteous God, the text said. A God who would always do what is right. You relieved me from my distress, says David. You gave me relief. In the past, when I was plagued with life's tough times, when I was overwhelmed with life's bummers, When I was between a rock and a hard place, you personally broke the rocks and softened my place and delivered me. Oh, Lord, David says, I recall how you had mercy on me in the past, and I call on you right now. In April 2016, I had knee replacement surgery on my left knee. My doctor told me that my recovery would be about two to three months, after which I would be as mobile and as active as I 
want it to be. However, six months later, six months after the surgery, my knee was still sore, it was stiff, it had a low range of motion. And so I decided to throw a pity party. <laughs> Rather than a consistent improvement, my recovery was like a roller coaster ride. One day it felt okay, the next day not so okay. One day it had a fairly good range of motion. The next day it was as stiff as if I'd just come out of surgery. I was discouraged. I was frustrated. And I continued. Because I deserved, didn't I? I deserved to have a pity party. And so I continued to sulk and revel in my pity party. But, but then I recalled how the Lord had had mercy on me big time in the past. Back in October of 2005, my wife and I, her, that pretty caramel chocolate woman, my wife and I, we we were sitting in my urologist's office waiting for the results from my biopsy when we heard those dreaded words, Reverend Reed, you have prostate cancer. Two months later, I had surgery to remove my prostate, and I have been cancer-free for nearly 18 years. Somebody say Hallelujah. But when I recalled what he had done for me in the past, immediately when I thought about his mercy that he had given to me in the past, immediately my pity party turned into a praise party. Immediately my, my pity party began to cause me to rejoice because of what he had done in the past, I now had every confidence that he would do the same thing for me right now in the present. He would have mercy on me. And I should expect it. And his past action resulted in my present expectation, which is the next lesson for us. And that's this. God's past action should result in our present expectations. Based on what he did in the past, it should cause us to have every expectation and confidence in what he's going to do in the present. Oh God, writes David, you have always cared for me in my distress. Now hear me as I call again. 
have mercy on me. Hear my prayer. The first simple step to believers experiencing God's peace is to recall his past mercies. The second simple step is rebuke. Rebuke our present enemies. David's own soldiers had turned against him. His son, Absalom, was seeking to to kill him so that he could become king. David's enemies were everywhere he turned. Just as with David, the people of God are always surrounded by enemies, like the false gods of this world, lust, pride, power, prestige, greed, etc. They cause us trouble and difficulties. They can create life's tough times. And I say to you this morning, like David, we must rebuke them. We must rebuke the fickle-minded. Picking it up in verse 2. How long, O men, will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? David chides, he, 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 he reprimands, he rebukes his enemies as if they were foolish little children. How long before you realize that you can't overcome the Lord's anointed with all of your vicious and malicious lies? You are fickle-minded. You're unstable to believe such. In fact, know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. It says, know that translation so that we will get a better grasp of what's really being said here. It's, it's really saying, mark this well. Don't miss this. Know that the Lord has set apart the godly, the believer, the, those who have been redeemed. The Lord will hear when they, the redeemed, those he has set apart when they call on him. My brothers and sisters, when you're down and out and when you're feeling the awesome weight of one of life's tough times, when one of life's bummers overwhelms you, when you're beset with one tough time after another, when your enemies are encompassed all about you, mark this. Don't miss this. Remember this. Know that you are God's anointed. Somebody say amen. Know that he has set you apart. If you're a believer, say amen. And know that the enemy's most powerful barrage of attacks will not, again, I say will not overcome you. But you see, I don't, I don't this morning want you to take my word for it. I don't want you leaving here saying, Pastor Bill said. Listen to what the Lord Jesus Christ himself said in John chapter 16, verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have 
peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but... Is it not bad news that in this world you will have trouble? Anybody here can testify that in this world we are having trouble? In this world you will have trouble, says Jesus. But then he says, but. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That's good news. He has overcome the world. No matter what's going on in your life, I think the Lord has had a tougher time than any of us has had. He went to Calvary's cross. It was not just an easy time. He died a mean, cruel, savage kind of death. He knows about tough times. So rebuke the fickle-minded, my brothers and sisters, but also rebuke the hot-headed. Verse 4, it says, In your anger, do not sin. When you are on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. The wicked get anger and sin against God. In fact, they sin against God without any thought about it. If you remember when you were there, you sinned and you didn't even think about God. At least now, because of the Holy Spirit who indwells those of us who have been born again, when we sin, we have no peace about it. The Spirit himself who indwells us, he'll say, Bill, you know what? That was really not a nice thing to say. They sin, these hot-headed. They sin, and they don't have any thought about it. If they would only search their hearts, the text says, when they lie upon their beds at night, if they would only reflect and meditate upon their actions and be silent, they would see their inevitable doom. Surely a thinking person, a cool, calm, and collected person would have enough sense to realize the reality of sin, the uselessness of sin, and the worthlessness of the world. Oh, you hot-headed knuckleheads, says David. If you want to do right, verse 5, offer right sacrifices and trust in the Lord. But no, you're hot-headed. You act without thinking, and you trust in yourself. Saints, let's be sure that as we rebuke the hot-headed, our enemies for not trusting the Lord, that we're in fact trusting in Him ourselves. Be sure we're not trusting in our wisdom, our strength, our doctor, our job, our money, or anything else. We know that we can trust the Lord, don't we? Only three people? (laughs) 
we know that we can trust the Lord, don't we? <laughs> scripture testifies. Again and again, we hear Scripture testifying to the fact that we can and should trust the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Psalm 62, 8, trust in him at all times, for God is our refuge. Psalm 25 and 2, those who trust in the Lord will not be disappointed. And this is exactly what we learned the last two weeks from Psalm 3. Trust in the Lord. Here's another lesson for us. We can trust God because he is faithful. We can trust him because he is faithful. Look at verse 6. Because there we see that we must also rebuke the hard-hearted. But I only got 35 seconds left, so we're going to have to stop here <laughs> and pick it up right here next week. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God. Thank you for the, the sermon truth today that when life's a bummer, we can have your peace. Not just any old kind of peace, Lord, but your peace, that peace that passes all understanding. And thank you for the lessons we've learned today, how your, your mercy will never run out, that we can expect your mercy in our present tough time, that your past actions should result in our present expectations, and that we can trust you because you are faithful. And may we not simply be hearers of your word today, Lord, but doers, so that we may experience your peace in the midst of life's tough times. And it's in the Prince of Peace's name, I pray, Jesus Christ. <laughs>